Blog Talk Radio. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the BHITB podcast. I'm your host, Dante Fortson. Today, we're going to be continuing our discussion from last week, Edomites and Gentiles. This is part two. Uh, so if you haven't heard part one, go check out part one. Part one is more of an overview. Um, yeah, got into a lot of the Gentiles and a little bit of Esau in the end. So I'm going to recap a little bit of what um, I ended with last week and then jump into more of an explanation. Uh, but before I do that, make sure you grab your free book on the BHITB website. You can go to blackhistoryinthebible.com and grab your uh, free book. Make sure you click the confirmation link in the email uh, so that you receive all the updates and stuff to the site. Lots of updates every week. And I had a question from last week, several questions that I'm going to answer today. Uh, somebody asked, asked, why don't I mention specific camps? Now, the reason I don't mention specific camps is because it doesn't matter which camp is teaching this doctrine. If you run into this doctrine, you just need to know it's false so you can avoid that camp. Uh, this is all about listening to the doctrine that people preach and not going off a predetermined list of camps that people tell you to avoid. So listen to the doctrine and see what the doctrine is before you um, join any camp or group or really any any organization, whether it be a camp or not. So let me start by saying that the serpent was more subtle than any creature. So the serpent being more subtle than any creature, if you read the story of what happens in the garden between Eve and the serpent, if you read the conversation very, very, very carefully, you'll see that the serpent did not bring up the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. He didn't bring it up at all. The way the serpent got to the conversation about the tree of the knowledge of good and evil was he started a conversation and asked a question that was false, the way he worded it. Um, if you read the, the question carefully, he asked Eve, did God say that you can't eat from any tree of the garden? Now, he knew that wasn't true. God didn't tell them that they can't eat from any of the trees. So she had to correct him. She didn't have to, but she chose to. She said, we can eat from every tree except this one tree right here, and if we eat it, we'll die. So Satan's lie was simple. It wasn't complicated. It was simple. He said, no, you won't die. And then it says Eve saw that it was good for food, so she ate it. Now, God never told them it wasn't good or delicious. He just said, hey, don't eat it. And Satan's lie was simple. Don't, you won't die. Because he was subtle, and this is why he didn't have to bring up the tree. He kind of already knew which path he wanted to get to. He knew his end result, and he knew going directly to Eve and say, hey, Eve, eat this tree. That wasn't going to get it, so he let Eve bring up the tree. My point in that is this. Do not for one second think that just because you're awake to the fact that Hebrews are black and that the Bible's our history and that Christ was black, do not this think that you are out of danger of being deceived. Don't think that for one second. In fact, I believe in many ways it becomes the deception uh, becomes higher. Or the chances for deception becomes higher once you're out of that because many people come out of the lies of European Christianity and they discover that, you know, the book that they believed in is really their history and who we are. They've been lied to. And so they look for a new place to congregate, which leads many people to the camps in the first place. And don't be confused. Satan has a contingency plan every single time. He has 
gone through every step just like a chess player. He has planned for people to wake up to the knowledge of who Christ is, that Christ is black, and that the Hebrews are black. So there's another contingency plan in place to steal your salvation, and he uses it by deception. He's not going to go straight at you and say, hey, don't do anything Christ said, disobey him, disqualify yourself from salvation. He's not going to do it that way. He's going to go through another way. And I believe that's what the camps are there for. Um, Teo was mentioned several times and myself that it's a Cointel Pro Op, and I fully believe that. So let, let's talk about some of this. Um, so the BHI camp doctrine, or the camps, they come in after you realize who we are. Now, if you look at some of their doctrine, you'll see that it's very, very similar to what European Christian churches teach. They use a Bible, just like the Europeans. That's nothing wrong with that. They teach that Hebrews are black. That's a small difference. Um, and many of the European churches, they will teach that Hebrews are white. And if you really press them about it, some of them will teach that they are Middle Eastern. Um, but very few will teach that they are black. And they teach that uh, Christ is black. So they have a they have a similar um, doctrine, but they have a they have a similar doctrine and a familiar doctrine, but it's a quite different. So you know they they basically all they did was change the race of the Hebrews, change the race of Christ. They used the Bible. Now Europeans have other deceptions, but this is where the appeal is for most people in the uh, Black Hebrew Israelite churches. It has a familiarity to European Christianity, but it's that unique part of them teaching the Hebrews are black, which draw people in. And so people assume like, hey, I, I found the truth, and now I found where I need to go, so now I'm going to be in this camp, and this is what I'm going to do. So that's just part of the appeal of the deception that, that Satan has put up. Now, the thing about the Bible and grace is grace is about freedom from bondage to the law. That's what grace is about. Period. The camps preach bondage again to the law. See, with the European churches, you were out of bondage because you were believing in grace. And now the first thing people do is they come to this knowledge and they run back to the bondage of the law, missing the entire point of the New Testament. So grace is about obtaining everlasting life through faith in Christ. But what many people do is when they jump out of European Christianity, they run to the camps, and now their faith is in whether or not they follow the law so they can obtain grace, which are contradictory teachings. Grace is a gift. You don't have to do anything to obtain a gift. Um, and when you understand that about grace, you understand the fallacy of law-keeping, which I'm going to get into next week. I'm going to touch on law-keeping next week. And um, if anybody wants to get a jump start on that, read Acts chapter 15, and you'll see that the camps are nothing but modern-day Pharisees. The entire scenario is exactly what the camps are teaching. There's a showdown where some Pharisees come in trying to teach people to keep the law, uh, Paul and some of the disciples, the Holy Spirit, there's a whole thing. Read Acts chapter 15 because I'm going to touch on that next week. So let's let's jump back into this um, familiar camp doctrine. So they're teaching you to have, put your faith in the law, right? So on the surface, it doesn't seem like anything is wrong with that. But if you're trying to be justified by the law, you run into the problem of you can't make the sacrifice, which many the camps explain away by saying, well, we're covered by grace. But let me show you 
how deceived they are. And the reason they're this deceived is because they are not called to teach. I don't believe that the majority of camp teachers were called to teach by God. They have a desire to teach, but it doesn't mean that they were called to teach. And the reason they aren't called to teach is because they haven't set themselves to understanding the Bible spiritually. They set themselves to understanding carnally. They read the words and they see the words, but they don't read the whole Bible. They've read a few scriptures, which is why, and you can test this for yourself. You go on YouTube and you see them preaching out on them corners. They usually have a handful of verses that they know off the top of their head and they read from. Deuteronomy 28 is probably going to be the one you encounter most. And then a lot of stuff about Edomites, which is what we're going to focus on today. So Satan being more subtle than any creature, he can, he knows ways to steal your salvation that you haven't thought of. And it only takes one doctrine to do that, just a simple doctrine that you don't even see coming. So let me show you this. So ask yourself, when you see these camp teachers teaching, and I'm going into this more in depth because somebody asked me to, to, to really get back into what I was ending with last week. Ask yourself what they teach about Esau. Just be honest with yourself. Take an honest look at their doctrine and then compare it to Scripture and ask yourself what they teach about Esau. So Genesis 25 tells us that Jacob and Esau were twin brothers. Do the camps emphasize this? Yes or no? That's all you have to ask yourself. If you can answer that honestly, it'll get you to the next part. The Bible says Jacob and Esau are brothers. So it doesn't matter if the camps emphasize it or not. The Bible says it. Genesis 25, Jacob and Esau are brothers, period. So when you go to Leviticus 19.7, what does the Bible say? Thou shall not hate thy brother in thine heart, period. So if Esau and Jacob are brothers, and you hate Esau, something is wrong. You're not obeying the commandments that you're teaching people to follow because that is Mosaic law. Thou shall not hate thy brother in thine heart. Now, if you go to Deuteronomy 23, 7 through 8, it says thou shall not abhor an Edomite because he is thy brother. And then in verse 8, it says that they can enter the congregation in the third generation. Are the camps teaching this? Are the camps emphasizing do not abhor an Edomite? If they're not teaching this, there's a reason they're not teaching it. Do they teach that the Edomites can enter the congregation of the Lord in the third generation? If they're not teaching it, there's a reason they're not teaching it because it's right there in the law. Deuteronomy 23, 23 7 through 8. Now, they will attempt to justify their hate for Edom by quoting uh, a couple of verses. Uh, Malachi 1.3 and Romans 9.13, they'll quote that God loved Jacob but hated Esau. They quote this as their excuse for disobeying the law laid down in Leviticus 19.7. It says, don't hate your brother. They quote this as the excuse for disobeying the law laid down in Deuteronomy 23.7-8 that you can't or shouldn't. Well, it says, thou shalt not abhor the Edomite. You can't abhor an Edomite. They say this because they say, okay, well, God hated Esau. So then if we're like our father, we can hate Esau. However, Isaiah 55, 8 through 9 says, my ways are not your ways and my thoughts are not your thoughts. Just so some of you know I am paraphrasing, do go back and read the full chapter for context. I tell people this all the time. Read the full chapters for context. Don't take my word for it. Always remember a good tool to have is Acts 17, 11. Go through and read those verses and you'll see that the people in Thessalonica questioned Paul. They questioned the teachers. 
They checked the scriptures to see what those teachers were saying and if it was true. You should always do that no matter who's teaching myself or anybody else. Acts 17.11. So with this one false teaching, the camps have now put you in the position to break two Mosaic laws because they have done what the serpent did, the subtle serpent in the garden. It's a, they, they are basically saying, did God say you, you can't hate your brother? Nah, you can hate your brother because God hated your brother. Did God say don't abhor an Edomite? Nah, you can hate an Edomite because God hated Edomites. So what they're doing is they're using scripture to justify breaking other parts of scripture. That should send up the red flags right there. Whenever somebody uses scripture to try to justify intentionally breaking other parts of scripture, then there's a problem. Now, what makes it more of a problem for the camps is that the camps specifically teach people to obey the law. Now, if they were teaching that we're under grace, they wouldn't have this problem, and I'll show you why they wouldn't have this problem in a second. But if they're teaching you to keep the law, ask yourself what would be the motivation behind them teaching you to break these two specific laws. And, again, this comes back to the serpent being more subtle than any creature. Don't think that just because you like a camp or you like somebody in the camp that they can't be deceived by the enemy. They can have all good intentions. It's possible that some of these camp leaders were taught the wrong thing, which means that the person who taught them was either deceived themselves or being deceptive, and these other people have a real desire to teach but weren't called to teach, and therefore they don't discern the deception. So they, they get people into this deception that it's okay to hate, hate Edom. So with one false teaching, they have you breaking two Mosaic laws, but they also have you breaking 50% of the commandments that Christ gave. Christ said, if you love me, keep my commandments. Well, he only gave two, love God, love your neighbor as yourself. So let, let me show you what this does, and this is what I was ending with last time. So let me go to John, 1 John 2, verses 9 through 11. This is just the first part. It says, he that saith he is in the light and hateth his brother is in darkness even until now. He that loveth his brother abideth in the light. And there is none occasion of stumbling in him. But he that hateth his brother is in darkness and walketh in darkness and knoweth not whither he goeth because the darkness hath blinded his eyes. Period. So they got these people out there on the corner preaching hate to Edom. They're telling Edom, people that they believe are Edomites that they're going to burn in hell which the Bible says the Edomites can enter into the congregation in the third generation. They're not out there teaching that. They're teaching that the, all the Edomites are going to hell. Not true. Read your Bible. Go back to Deuteronomy 23, 7-8. So they got these people out there hating Edom, right? So the Bible says, the New Testament says, if you hate your brother, I showed you where it says that uh, Edom is the brother of Jacob. It says, if you hate your brother, you are in darkness and your eyes have been blinded. So what did Christ say about the blind? When the Pharisees were out there teaching the wrong thing, um, let's go to Matthew 15, verses 12 through 14. It says, Then came his disciples and said unto him, Knowest thou that the Pharisees were offended after they heard this saying? So, like, the disciples are concerned about the offense of the Pharisees because, remember, the Pharisees were the religious leaders out there teaching people to keep the law. And Christ, this is Christ's response. He says, but he answered and said, every plant which my heavenly father hath not planted shall be rooted up. Let them alone. 
They be blind leaders of the blind, and if the blind lead the blind, both shall fall in the ditch. In this case, the ditch is hell. So the camps are out there blind. Anybody teaching hatred for Edom, the scripture says they're blind. So if they're blind, according to scripture, how can they lead you? And it says if they're blind, the blind lead the blind, both of you guys are going to stumble in the ditch. So why would you let somebody blind to what scripture says teach you what scripture says? It doesn't make sense. But let's, let's go on. Satan is a subtle serpent. He's more subtle than any creature. That's why he's presented that way in the Old Testament. So it's a lot of people out here letting these blind camp leaders teach them. They're not called to teach, and they're teaching this hatred. Now, let's, let's move on. This is what I closed with last week right here. First John 4, 20 through 21. This is important. Pay close attention to this because if they're out there teaching hatred for Edomites, they fall under this. And this is what Scripture says, not what I'm saying. Read the whole chapter for context. If a man say, I love God and hated his brother, he is a liar, period. So if they're out there talking about they love God and they hate Edom, they are liars. They do not love God. For he that loveth not his brother whom he hath seen, how can he love God whom he hath not seen? And his and this commandment have we from him, that he who loveth God love his brother also. Period. So if they say they love God, they gotta love Edomites. If they're out there preaching hate for Edomites or saying they're not gonna love an Edomite, they refuse to love Edomites then what they're saying is, I refuse to follow Leviticus, the law laid down in Leviticus. I refuse to follow the law laid down in Deuteronomy, and yet they're still out there trying to teach people to obey the law. But more importantly, we look at First uh, John 4.20. This is what I was saying about not only are they teaching you to break those two Mosaic laws, Christ said love God, right? Love God, love your neighbor as yourself. Those are paraphrases. But First John 4.20 says, if they don't love their brother, they don't love God. So if you don't love God, how can you keep the commandments of Christ? Christ said, if you love me, keep my commandments. He only gave us two. So off top, Satan, being more subtle than any creature, has introduced a doctrine that is so subtle, and it plays off the emotions. What the camps do is they say, okay, the Edomites did this. They, they enslaved our people. They raped women. They did this. They did that. And they play off of your emotions to get you to the point where you're blinded by your emotions. Um, sort of like when, when uh, crimes of passion where people will come in and catch one of their spouses cheating and they go into a murderous rage and they were like blinded by the emotion of rage. It's the same thing. What they, what Satan does is he gets the, the camps to get play on your emotions of anger of what happened during slavery and what has happened to our people to get you in a position where you hate Edomites. And so now you're violating these two commandments, and most people aren't either not well-versed enough in Scripture to catch the um, subtle danger of this, or most people just don't go look, and they accept the fact that God hated Edom, and so they can do it too, and don't realize they're breaking these two commandments, which is a roundabout way to get you to not only disobey God, but to be in a position where the Bible calls those teachers a liar and the Bible calls the people who are being led by those teachers liars when they say they love God. And if the blind lead the blind, what will happen? Both will fall into the ditch. 
They have fallen into the ditch because they've been blinded by their hatred towards Esau. They can't obtain salvation because, see, their whole plan is grace, right? So if you're, if you're breaking the law, Leviticus and Deuteronomy, if you're breaking those laws and you don't have a means of fulfilling the sacrifice required by the law, you must depend on grace. And grace comes from being born again in Christ, which requires a love for Christ. But you can't love Christ if you don't follow his laws, if you, um, his two commandments. You can't love Christ if you don't follow his two commandments, period. He said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. That, that's scripture. So if the Bible says you don't love God, you're not keeping his commandment. So how then can you teach that you have grace if you're breaking the Mosaic law and you're breaking 50% of the commandments of Christ off top? Just by that one simple doctrine. But remember, Satan is more subtle than any creature. More subtle. The serpent is subtle. He's not going to go straight at, hey, oppose Christ because he's not gonna, he knows you're not going to do it that way. So he comes up with the subtle doctrine like this Esau stuff. So just be honest with yourself. If you're involved in one of the camps, go up to the camp leader, whatever they call themselves. Go up to them and ask them, do they love Esau or do they hate Esau? Simple question. If they tell you they love Esau, then chances are they understand the implications of this verse or they're lying to you. There's one of those two. So watch their fruit. If they say yes, watch their fruit. And if they tell you, um, if they tell you no, they do not love Esau, then you have 1 John, um, 1 John 2, 9 through 11 that you can reference that says they're in darkness. And you have 1 John 4, 20 through 21 that um, says that they do not love God and it calls them a liar. So don't let a liar teach you. Simple question. Ask them, do they love Esau or do they hate Esau? That will tell you everything you need to know about the doctrine they're teaching, period. The satanic deception is going to run deep, and I believe that a lot of camps are preaching people straight to hell with this false doctrine that it's okay to hate Esau. So let's move on to a listener question. Um, let me see here. Yeah, they, didn't, they don't want their name revealed. It says, you mentioned somewhere that Edomites are Hebrews. Can you please explain how you came to that conclusion? All right, so I've had this discussion with several people in camps, which, again, goes towards um, why I constantly say many of these camp leaders are not called to preach. They may have a desire to preach and teach, but they're not called to it. Now, this is found in Genesis, 14 chapters in. They teach, they don't like to emphasize that Esau are Hebrews. So you have to emphasize that Esau are Hebrews when you're out there teaching on the corner that these people are Edomites. They're using that word Edomite correctly. However, they're using it, um, again, as a subtle form of deception as well. Now, they, they teach this. You can ask the camps. They will teach that you are what your father is. This is something that we're all familiar with if we've ran into the camps. They teach you are what your father is. So if your father's a Hebrew, you're a Hebrew, right? So we go to Genesis 14, 12 through 13. This is where Lot gets kidnapped. You have this war of the kings that leads into the Sodom and Gomorrah scenario. But in there, uh, Genesis chapter 14, verses 12 through 13, it refers to Abraham as a Hebrew. It refers to Abram, the Hebrew. Period. It says he's a Hebrew, which means his father was a Hebrew. And many people believe that the Hebrew line goes back to Eber or Eber. Uh, you can find him in Genesis 10 in the um, genealogies. Um, but, yeah, it says Abraham was a Hebrew. Check that for yourself, Genesis 14, 12 through 13. So if Abraham was a Hebrew, 
Isaac was a Hebrew. His son Isaac was a Hebrew. And who was the father of Jacob and Esau? Isaac. So if Isaac was a Hebrew, then his sons Jacob and Esau were Hebrews. But see, Jacob becomes the Israelites, and Esau becomes the Edomites. But they're still Hebrew. And remember, Abraham had a total of eight sons. The Midianites that sold Joseph into slavery, they were Hebrews too. Uh, Zipporah, Moses' first wife, she was a Hebrew. She was a Midianite. So there were lots of Hebrews running out around there because Abraham started eight nations from him. However, Israelites were the chosen ones. The chosen Hebrews are the Israelites. So you've got to learn to separate uh, the difference. And even when you get to the Israelites, even though the 12 tribes fall under the Israelites, you start to have Danites and Gadites and Judah. So the houses are broken down by the family name, but don't get it confused. Esau is definitely Hebrews because Isaac was a Hebrew and Isaac was a Hebrew because Abraham was a Hebrew. And we know this because again, Genesis 14, 12 through 13. So it's important to kind of break down these lineages. So you see that when people are coming and teaching you stuff, you, you, under, you have a strong foundation so you can um, identify their false doctrine. So Jacob and Esau are both Hebrews. Esau can enter the congregation in the third generation. The Bible does say you can't hate Esau. So ask yourself why any of the camps would be teaching opposite of this stuff because Satan is more subtle than any creature. He uses deception to get where he wants. So now you come out of European Christianity, you're like, cool, I know Hebrews are black, I know Christ is black, I'm fully awakened, the deception is over, wrong, because you head right into the camp, and they teach you this salvation-stealing doctrine of hate Esau. They immediately steal your salvation. That is, that is the, I believe, the Pro part of the camps. And when I say Pro, I think it's bigger than the government. Yes, I think they may be government plants in many cases. I'm talking about Pro on a spiritual level because it's not just a, hey, we're going to infiltrate and discredit the movement. No, no, no. They are infiltrating the body and snatching salvation away from people with their doctrine. And this is why you have to be careful. Um, and let me go ahead and uh, close with this since we're running. I got about four minutes. Next week I'm going to jump more into the Gentiles and start plugging in doctrine to show you where their Gentile doctrine is contradictory and inconsistent, which is going to be another sign that they aren't called to teach. So here's, here's the words of Christ. I'm going to close with uh, three uh, references from uh, Christ. So first one comes from Matthew chapter 7, verses 13 through 15. And again, I encourage you to read the whole chapter for context. <coughs> Excuse me, I had to cough. Um, been holding it in for a minute. But anyway, let's, let's get back to it. Matthew 7, 13 through 15. Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. And many there be which go in thereat, because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. Beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. Now, I used to look at that, and I used to think, well, prophets and false teachers and wolves in sheep's clothing, you see all this stuff, and you're like, okay, this talking about false teachers. No, who are the sheep? Israel. Think about it. Who are the sheep? Israel are the sheep. Beware. You got these Israelite teachers out here. They look like us. They talk like us. They act like us. But inside, the ravening wolves, they're teaching a false doctrine that snatches your salvation. Beware of that. 
And I'm not saying that's the only thing Christ meant by it, but I'm just saying it's something to consider. So moving on down to chapter 7, verses 17 through 21, it says, Even so, every good tree bringeth forth good fruit, but a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit, neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Every tree that bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. Wherefore, by their fruits ye shall know them. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven, right? So ask yourself, what is the fruit of the camps? The fruit of the camps is seen in their doctrine. Their doctrine is to hate Esau. The hatred of Esau means you don't love God, you don't love God, you're not following the commandments of Christ. If you're not doing that, you don't love Christ, you don't have grace, and you can't make the sacrifice to follow the law. So their fruit is the destruction of the lost sheep of Israel. So just look at their fruit. And not everyone that says, Lord, Lord, is going to enter the kingdom. Keep that in mind. And finally, I'm going to close with this. It says, then said one unto him, this is Christ, um, the disciples talking to Christ. It says, then said one unto him, Lord, are there few that be saved? And he said unto them, strive to enter in at the straight gate. For many I say unto you will, um, many I say unto you will seek to enter in and shall not be Able. So remember, the deception did not end because you learned that Hebrews were black. The deception did not end because you learned that Christ was black. The deception is just beginning. Avoid the camps. Avoid them. Bypass them altogether. Read your Bible for yourself. Start to get a solid foundation for your doctrine, and don't take anybody's word for anything, including mine. Read your Bible, Acts 17, 11. So I'm going to close with that. Make sure you join me next week when I get back into the Gentiles. Make sure you go to blackhistoryinthebible.com, get your free book, and subscribe. So if you have any more questions about anything related to camps, their false doctrine, um, people being called to teach, Leave a uh, comment on the website. Send me an email. If you're a patron, go ahead and send me a message on Patreon, and I'll get right back to you. But until next time, I'm out.